Happy Marriage Monday. Hope that you're having a a fantastic start of your week. Uh, We want to just enrich marriages one Monday at a time. And I just want to thank you for joining with us. If you would, would you subscribe? Would you also uh, rate the podcast? Just graciously rate it, whether you're listening on Podbean, um, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify Podcasts. That would be amazing and helps us get the word out about Marriage Monday. Uh, Today, I want to talk about bankruptcy a bit, and I'm not talking about financial bankruptcy, but I want to talk about relational bankruptcy in a marriage, because I believe that a marriage can easily go bankrupt if we withdraw more than we're depositing. Let me say that again. Our marriage can easily go bankrupt if we're actually withdrawing more than we are depositing. Back in college, um, I can't say that I was the best with my finances. In fact, it was one of those things that if I didn't look at the account, then everything was going to be okay. And I remember specifically buying a Coke and then later realizing that I overdrafted because I used my debit card, ran ran it like a credit card, and that became the most expensive Coke because that dollar and whatever change that it cost me that day ended up having an overdraft fee connected to it. Why? Because I tried removing more than what was already there. And I think that can happen so often in marriage without even realizing it because the longer we're married, the more apt that we can just take for granted the need to put deposits of just marriage enhancement or enrichment within um, our relationship. We can just take that for granted. We can uh, just show up to the marriage go back home, um, go into weekends and just go week in and week out and not think about depositing into a marriage and we just take our spouse for granted. And if we do that, we can easily bankrupt our relationship. We can leave our spouses in a place where they just feel empty and desiring for more. And that's a challenge for every one of us in every stage of marriage. Now, in the honeymoon stage of marriage, it seems like there is a lot of giving. There's a lot of recognition for for this new spouse that's in my life and and the type of, of things that really make our spouse happy, that brings joy to their face. But it seems like after those first few years, the longer we're married, the more apt we can. doesn't always happen with everybody, but we can't take our spouse for granted. And so we need to be in a place where we are actually monitoring, um, we'll say it this way, we'll use banking terms or monetary terms, we're monitoring the balance. What's the balance? What is in the account of our marriage? Um, What is our marriage living off of? What are we surviving off of? Uh, What is sustaining our marriage um, day in and day out? And if you can't think of anything, then there's there's some conversations that have to take place between you and your spouse that simply says this, how do we deposit What can we do to deposit within our relationship so that our marriage is thriving and our marriage is growing, that our marriage has something to draw from? Um, If you are a follower of Dave Ramsey and he he talks about having, uh, I think it's like three months worth of salary. Um, within your bank account so that if something were to happen, you've got something to always fall back on. I mean, imagine if we translated that into marriage, that we worked hard not at drawing and taking from our spouse, but we worked hard at serving our marriage in such a way that we are depositing um, goodness, we're depositing grace, we're depositing encouragement, we're depositing things within our marriage so that when those, those maybe rough times do come up, and we all have rough times, 
I'm a pastor, and and all that means is I've got a position, and I've got training, and I've got education that lean toward um, Christianity and and the Bible. But it doesn't mean that I don't go through rough times. Your position and even your stance in Christ does not negate you and your um, and the opportunity to go through tough storms and to go through challenges. Your marriage will go through that, and your marriage will will really survive and thrive of that which you have been depositing in your marriage. And so two things I want to say about this and the idea of depositing more than you are, or excuse me, um, withdrawing more than you're depositing. Two things I want to say is this. Number one, thirst is the initial sign of dehydration. Thirst is the initial sign of dehydration. What do we mean by that? Uh, I learned this years ago. In fact, I learned this on the mission field. I was traveling and a missionary talked to us about getting enough water in, in us. And he says, if you feel thirsty, that doesn't mean you might get dehydrated. That's the first sign that you are dehydrated. And so when you are looking at your marriage and you start questioning, man, do we need something deposited, something to enrich our marriage? Um, I want that to be the, that first sign of like like marital dehydration. I don't want that to be, well, maybe we should do something so that our marriage doesn't suffer uh, or that our marriage doesn't wane. I want you to think of that need or the recognition of the need almost like thirst. That right there, if I'm thinking of it, perhaps that is God speaking into my life saying, it's time to start enriching your marriage. It's it's time to start pouring into your spouse. It's time to really kind of turn up the notch and and get creative or to get intentional about our marriage and to do something about it. So again, thirst is the initial sign of dehydration. So when you begin to see the need or sense the need, think of that moment like a thirst moment. It's not that we might... We might be a little dehydrated, so to speak, in our marriage. It's, wow, this is the first step, and we need to do something to quench that. Secondly, discover the how. Discover the how. How can we enrich our marriage? How can we deposit? What needs to be deposited in our relationship? And I like using the word discover there uh, because many of us, fail to understand or even fail to remember that what enriches my life as a husband doesn't necessarily enrich my wife, Anne. We've been married coming up uh, this May, 23 years, and I will say there are things that enrich me that just do not fully enrich her and vice versa. There are things that enrich her that do not necessarily enrich me. And so when I say discover, uh, what I would say is this, is discover and have a talk with your spouse and ask your spouse, what are the things that, that really enrich you as my spouse? What are things that I do that help enrich you or can help enrich you? And at the same time, what do we like doing as a couple? And it could be as simple as um, deciding to have a consistent mar- um, like marriage date night. I've said for years that dates are much cheaper than divorce lawyers because I've had people for years saying we can't afford dates. I'm telling you, my wife and I, when we first got married, we'd grab like a dollar ice cream cone from McDonald's and we'd walk around a furniture store. Sounds weird. We just love looking at furniture. We love looking at ice cream and it was a $2 date, but we didn't have much money and it was just something we just walked away and absolutely enjoyed our time together. We spent many dates at Taco Bell with our um, in our young marriage. And what mattered to us was actually just having a meal together, having time together to talk, time together to dream, and that enriched us. And we don't do that now. Um, we just have, we're in a different season. So discover what that how looks like. 
Discover what really makes your your spouse hum. I would encourage you to read the five love languages and not only read it, but actually monitor them through the years of your marriage and you'll discover how much those love languages will change through the years. Because as you begin to discover how those change, when you know what your spouse's love language is, you can actually pour into those and also design marriage enrichment um, that is communicated through those love languages. Uh, For example, uh, husbands uh, like me, maybe your love language is physical touch. And so setting up a, a marriage evening or a marriage moment that is all around sex and intimacy when your spouse may not have physical touches, number one, that may enhance you, but it doesn't enhance your spouse. Or how about this, acts of service. Maybe acts of service is your of love language. So doing a bunch of stuff for your spouse, thinking it's enhancing them when that may not be at all their love language, that's you're not really depositing, you're kind of missing the mark. So that's why I say discover. There'll be a few mistakes in it, but discover how you can enrich your marriage, pour into that moment, and watch that depositing begin to build up the account of your marriage so that your marriage can be healthy and that your marriage can thrive. Again, we go back to our original thought. Your marriage can easily go bankrupt if you're withdrawing more than you're depositing. So today, uh, recognize that you've got a need. So when you recognize it, that's that first step. You recognize it and you realize that if I'm seeing it now, that means that we might be a step toward uh, dehydration is, is the metaphor we used earlier. And secondly, work on, discover what is it that actually fills and deposits in your marriage so that marriage can be healthy and it can thrive. That's all I've got for Marriage Monday today. Thanks again. Would you share this with somebody? Uh, Would you encourage somebody to take a listen? And would you take the moment to just rate this? And again, thank you for your support. Thank you for your encouragement. And go continue to build your marriage one Monday at a time. God bless.